0: this is the coolest show brought to you by hip-hop caucuses think 100
1: it's the coolest show you know keep the culture connected. it's the coolest show you know in your ear yeah respect the expert level information entertainment education rev here we got you covered as you hit your destination climate rules everything around me cream for those who lost focus close your eyes and just train open your third eye now the world is your off coolest coolest show you know it's the hip-hop cool.
0: You know, but but that was, but those moments there, I don't forget because even in those moments, um, you know, later on in life, I would be outside that same White House, mm. and I'd be getting arrested, mm-hmm. you know, fighting for the people. I got arrested, obviously, against the the war, pushing against the war in Iraq, against climate injustice with Bush. And that's when you were the. When I was in the Air Force. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, a... I, I wanted to get there. No, no, no. I don't want to skip that part. No, 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 That's an important part. But I just wanted to say that, that it was in that moment there that I was arrested outside both the, the Bush White House yeah. and also the uh, Obama White House. Mm-hmm. So, nonpartisan arrestee right here. But one <laughs> thing about that, though, is that then later on, which was a nice thing, but Obama acted. Get arrested, it, but then give me an award. And I'd be the first person uh, to get this award ever as an intern. So I'm just saying that full circle that go from an intern to then getting this amazing honor um, from the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only person ever to get that is just shows you that, again, if you're true to yourself and you're true to your people, that good things will come to you.
1: So there was a lot going on. I mean, literally, not Bill Clinton saved you. Like right, Bill Clinton, right, of all sure. oh, folks. Um, like myself, you've attended, you know, the one and only, the illustrious, the real HU, That's the right. Howard University, HU. Rev, you ain't say you know what's going on.
0: You know, no. Know exactly.
1: <laughs> it was delayed.
0: <laughs> it was delayed. You had to I, run that I, back. I was, I was the question there. You can run it back. I was get to
1: the question. Okay. But okay,
0: well, say it again. The, HU. HU, you know.
1: Okay, all right, all right. I had to get that right um so yeah your father also taught there as you mentioned um and as we get into your time there I think it's important to give context on the institution so can you speak to the complexities and even the paradoxes of attending Howard um while wanting to make change and navigating bureaucracy elitism and respectability politics
0: yeah so I I won't say too much of my dad's time from there because I was Mm -hmm. always a young person. Right. I mean, clearly he was dealing with certain things when when he was teaching there um, and going through that process. I will say that then when I would finish up at UDC, I would then go to seminary um, at Howard University, Howard School of Divinity. Um, And it's funny, I would become SGA president there as well and then would be... (laughs) And not to cut
2: you off, those were the folks that, Rev is a real Rev, y'all. Just let y'all know. <laughs> yeah, the no. Just the he name. went to seminary school. He went to seminary yeah, school. Yeah, 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 that's, no. Yeah, facts sure, on that, no. Sure. So when, just we, when we get
0: to the hip-hop world story, yeah, I would go many places, and the number one question I think I've been asked as president of the Hip-Hop Caucus has been, are you a real Rev
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or
0: are you Pastor Troy? <laughs> <laughs> which one, which one? Right, right. If you which know, one? you know. Which one, uh, which one do you, right. you? <laughs> right. which well, I like man, I got that, wrong. don't go, you know, yeah. nothing wrong with Pastor yeah, Troy, but, but I'm a real Rev, though. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. actually, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I know I definitely went, no, it 100%, went to seminary, uh, went through the whole ordination process. Right. I did speak, I do speak out. I mean, one thing I will say that the, my denomination actually which which would lead me to the Air Force, I wasn't as I would say that I was probably not as ecstatic about where the black church was mm-hmm. and that actually would lead me to the Air Force. It's kind of weird how that happens, but it would lead me to the air force. Um but one of the things there was that um my denomination at the time, um, would not allow for women to preach, mm. Mm. and so I would speak out against that. And I just and then it's, it was a, just a little bit of a, of a battle in that process, but you know, so that would be that. And also, I just didn't like how at the time, and I I love to be very clear. I love the black church. I think it's a very important institution. I love the black mosque. I think it's a very important institution. I think that that our our sisters. And brothers who are dealing with their African tradition and African religions are very critical. Um, I love them all, and I think we need to have them to be strong because faith and spirituality is critical for our our, our survival. To be honest, um, you cannot do this work if you do not have something to pull on right. outside of yourself. And so, I think that's a critical piece to this. Or you will become evolved. You will become too much just 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 engaged um with the world if you don't have something that you can you can you can you can connect to and i think that's one of the reasons we are so powerful people mm-hmm. that's my thing that when i saw parts of the black church being usatory and and using faith and spirituality i was like i, I wasn't really with it but i had gone so far now within seminary right. that i wanted to um still use so i began to this is funny. I don't think people know this, but I was studying to be a biblical archaeologist. Mm. Mm. I really wanted to go over there to Ethiopia and to Egypt and to just study. Um, that would be 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 my thing, mm-hmm. and and study the the languages there. So, um, so anyways, that's what I was in school for. And then when I was when I joined up with the the Air Force, mm-hmm. it was to continue my education. Mm-hmm. At that time, I have I have, a, I have a I have a young family. Obviously, I Obviously, had River and King. Yeah. They're very young, and so that's how I got into. Like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the Air Force thing. Mm-hmm. I could do because at that time the chaplaincy allows you to be much more open, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With with you know, as you, people who know the military, it's yeah. it's not mm-hmm. as like you have this one faith. You know, mm-hmm. you have the you have them all, so yeah. you can yeah. kind of be more. And so I said, like, okay, it's a gig. I'm gonna do this. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. I can go to school. And then, you know, obviously at that point in time, then the war in Iraq is being rummed up. Yeah, right. So, yeah. What, what you um, protested, spoke out. I did, I did speak out. I spoke out. I would say this to everybody listening. Uh, if you in the military and you're speaking out against war, that may not be a great career yeah. move. I mean, I mean right. that may not be. You know? I mean, nah, I, you, know? Well, you,
2: well, you no, I was, in the, I was in the Navy during yeah. the uh, Iraq war also, so I definitely understand that. Uh, that, under, that, that understanding, that mindset. You no, know no, and so, a lot of yeah. folks who were
0: there, particularly, I think, people of color, appreciated mm-hmm. because when I started to speak out against um, the war, the buildup, actually, yeah, when you, you guys say the military, there's a buildup to to war, and when the buildup was happening, it was clear that those who would be killed would be primarily black and brown people. Yeah.
2: They were marketing to us to join the military during that time. That's right, hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Yeah,
0: and 100%. so that was the thing. So, nah, it was crazy. So I began to speak out, and then they would they they, they would they would challenge me. Cause they were like, "You speaking out?" And then they were like, "Okay, well, you got to go." I started also started to protest outside too. Gotcha. Shout out to Damu Smith, uh, Black Voices for Peace, um, and many things like that, who were sort of first I saw so on the outside. Um, who were doing work um, as far as the anti-war movement. That would be a big thing for the evolution of where we also go, for the caucus. Because mm-hmm. one of the things there, when I would come out and be protesting, I wouldn't see any black people at the anti-war protest. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, it's mostly white people here at the, at, the, at these anti-war protests. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's really the ones who going to be getting killed is black people black people mm-hmm. um, and brown people over there. And the ones who are gonna be hurt the most by the resources not going to their community are gonna be the black and brown people here. Mm-hmm. Hence the words of Dr. King saying that the bomb dropping in, at that time in Vietnam mm-hmm. are also dropping over here because it's the same system right. that's robbing. So yeah, no, I mean, I begin to speak out, but when I started to speak out in the streets and I was obviously an officer, then mm-hmm. the military decided to go for me and they, they, they tried to court-martial me and do it as, called me as a threat to national security. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the moment there, Destiny, when I really began to know, because I had two little ones, mm-hmm. right? River and King are both, um, they're like, maybe, maybe they're two, three and one, mm-hmm. right? Around that time frame, around that time frame. And you know, I won't, there's always, there's there's trauma when you're doing this work. So there are even things that when you just think about, it kind of just triggers you. So one of the things there, you realize that at that moment, there's this stereotype of this black educated officer in the military. Mm. And I had always turned and gone to the people, that moment was hard because it wasn't just about me, but about my kids. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know even if what I was doing what their outcome. Mm. And so I think back on that and it's hard because you know, now looking back through the lens, you're like, oh man, we made it. But at that point in time, I was thinking, man, my kids, you know they may lose their father in this, and mm. this movement stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even, and I was going to these rallies and it was mostly all white people. And I was like, I'm not even sure if why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out here with a bunch of white people at these anti-war rallies, to be honest. And they, they, they're not, they not even really my vibe. They like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to listen. Y'all don't get mad. But I'm just saying, y'all was fucking around some some Birkenstocks and they're looking, y'all looking crazy back then and banging on drums, and it was like, man, I don't know what, I'm out here trying to just, <laughs> I'm out here talking about fighting for black men, and y'all going off, and they got these like long discussions, and I'm trying to just stop what's going on, and and I felt alone. I felt, I probably, probably, probably the one time, I felt super, super alone. And so, um, but yeah, anyways, it was at that moment there that we began to, you know, move some things forward. Um, as far as the processing, yeah, I spoke out against the war, and uh, yeah, mm. rest is history on that one. We we would be in a position where I would win all of that and I would mm-hmm. be cleared, but it was a, it was a hard moment because I would be put on no fly list. Mm. Yeah, it, it was a tough piece, and then I would actually didn't, you know, I would I would go to the the to protest the war, mm-hmm. um, and then they actually, you know, I was beaten up by the Capitol Hill police. Um, protesting the war so it got it got rough it, it, got, was, rough. it yeah. got rough yeah, it wasn't easy but those things helped build the hip-hop caucus because what I realized then is that our movement is not going to be successful if we have a siloed progressive movement hmm. if you have one group for instance for immigration or one group showing up for women's rights or one group showing up for, for for gay rights or one group showing up for police brutality and one group showing up anti-war one group showing up fighting the climate and we're literally all siloed. Mm-hmm. I realized then that if we have a siloed progressive movement while there could be need to understand who your community is mm-hmm. if we don't if we're fighting the same foe and we're not at least try to work together, right. then that's not going to work. Right. And mm-hmm. we got to figure out why that is the case, why we're not working together, or how come we're solid to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and I think that for me was one of the things with hip hop and hip hop caucus is because I realized then, probably more so than ever, that hip hop being a culture, mm-hmm. it actually would, it could actually maybe break down those silos. Right. And that actually would lead into Hip Hop Caucus because all this is happening around 2002, okay, um, 2002, 2001. And then when I begin, so me going through I went through with the military predates my hip hop work. Mm-hmm. But that would lead into it because it was that work that I think Dr. Ben Chavis sees me working on. And he says, hey, um, maybe you can come work with the Hip Hop Action Network. And we'll go into what that is. Mm-hmm. Is in that moment though, that when he does that, like, well, I might as well, cause, you know, I need a gig and I might be going to prison anyways mm-hmm. with this Air Force right, stuff, right. so yeah. Right. And wow. then the rest is history. Wow. Wow.
1: That reminds me of actually when I met you, I don't know, you're talking about Silo and it kind of took me back a little bit. Um, I met you, Rev, in 2019 at the HBCU Climate Change Conference, and I asked you a question on the topic of siloing. Wow. Um, so that's crazy. It's taking me back. And in the spirit of taking me back to take you back, um, your formal introduction to the movement and grassroots work in the context of hip-hop and organizing was through the likes of Dr. Ben Chavis, Russell Simmons, and Diddy, which is a really interesting mix of folks um, you were the political and grassroots director for Russell Simmons Hip Hop Summit in 2003 and 2004. A co-creator of the 2004 campaign Vote or Die with Diddy. A senior consultant for other campaign, campaigns with Jay-Z and Diddy. Like, give us the rundown. It's 2002 to 2004. What's going on? How did you get introduced to these folks and, and even the work?
0: Yeah. So, with the back of what I'm going through with the the military, mm-hmm. right? The The war in Iraq the fact that our community wasn't talking about, you know, anti-war work in that aspect, that I myself am feeling like I'm actually going with my own little thing with the Air Force, right? At that time, um, I started teaching for a little side thing at Georgetown, just, you know, cause all this is trying to, you know, make money to do what I do. And then Dr. Ben calls me up and says, I want you to do the grassroots work. That's important, I say this to a lot of folks in hip hop. And I'll say this, a lot of folks in hip hop, it's a little commercial actually, but a lot of folks in hip hop want to be rappers, right? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of jobs you can do that will actually be with you for a much longer time than rapping. I literally made up a whole career <laughs> called hip hop politics. Right. That now is as big as you can be mm-hmm. in the whole process. So I just right. wanna just add that in there right. because this didn't mm-hmm. exist. When I'm right. it's important to know that this level, hip hop was political mm-hmm. when people were doing in their lyrics, mm-hmm. but as far as how do we use one's cultural expression mm-hmm. to shape one's political experience, mm-hmm. that part. Yeah, right, yeah, wasn't there, right. and so you, you, so then when Doctor Ben calls me up, I really have no want. This is a secret, y'all. Right, me says too many often, but to be honest, I didn't care nothing about the music side of the hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't why I came into this. When I first got involved, when I first was doing an event, and I, I think it was Rockefeller Drug Laws, mm-hmm. in in New York, and I saw how many people showed up to see Dipset. i like, yo, why are people mm-hmm. they out here in droves to see Dipset and camera on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And right. Jim Jones, like all people. I know shade on y'all. I'm not saying no shade. Say Jim Jones. Know, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No shade at all on that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, that, and y'all will understand y'all were with me. I shout out to y'all who were there. But they would show up in droves to see y'all as artists mm-hmm. and when he would do like the little community gatherings, you had like five or 10 people. Mm. Mm. Like, yo, they're out here deep to see Jim Jones or, or Jay, because I remember, I remember at that time, shout out to Dream Hampton, because he actually working with Jay and would, would write his book and they would come to stuff and they would show, they would show up to these things and i am like, there's something there. Mm. And I says, if the, the power of audience building Is amazing. But we have to then do political education. Mm -hmm. And I said, if we can add political education to the audience building part, then we got something. We
2: got something.
0: something." I said, we can. And then at the time, people weren't taking hip hop seriously. I said, that's even better. For me, as somebody is like, if they don't see us coming, in other words, sometimes you can, sometimes too many folks, particularly when they have the uprising, mm-hmm. with the Move for Black Lives and things we've seen recently, you're you're out there too soon. Yeah. You're out there protesting, mm-hmm. but you're on CNN and people didn't see you. Yeah. You're not able to really grow as an activist. Yeah sometimes you don't need to grow in front of everybody you need to you need to come behind right. and and grow and when the time is right then you can go out there you now I'm not saying you can't get a little pub a little yeah. media but sometimes all y'all just, all y'all just growing in front of the camera yeah mm-hmm. that ain't it yeah. so with the hip-hop caucus and at that time really hip all this hip-hop works mm-hmm. that were going on um able to grow so I just want to say so at that time there were a number of groups going on so then you had you had Russell Simmons. Up some Action Network, which was a combination of two things at that time. Russell, Dr. Ben had teamed up with actually Al Sharpton, okay. hence the name. So they had the Hip Hop Summit, and Al Sharpton has the Action Network, and so hence the name came together, the Hip Hop Summit Action Network. Mm. So that was that piece, and then they would that piece was going on. But shout out to Queen Latifah people don't know that Queen Latifah, before any of them was doing it doing something post-Rock the Vote mm-hmm. called Raptor the Vote, mm-hmm. in which she was doing something that she was doing. So again, shout out to my sisters, always leading the way on these different things. And they, don't, they don't get the credit, so I want to give the credit right now. So Before Russell, it was mm-hmm. Queen Latifah, who was mm-hmm. organizing. And One, she was doing the, had her song, You and I ty yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also <laughs> doing something around Raptor the Vote. Gotcha. Um, I feel like I
2: remember Raptor the Vote.
0: Yeah, no, it was so like, there, how well, how it how was how there for like a quick second. Okay. She actually did, it was a store called Learners, I think, it was like a, it was a, like a, a woman's store that she would put the thing in, it was very, the beginnings of this, how how we would just do like voter raids and that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> but that led into Hip Hop Summit. So then when I came on, I like, yo, I can see it. I just, I can see the organizing. It mm-hmm. was crazy in this process. And I, in the back of the silos, I can see how we can break the silos down because mm-hmm. the culture, because the other thing too, that while it's focused on Black, yeah. and brown on indigenous, it also allows our allies, particularly people who are white and mm-hmm. other communities to also work within the culture because it's, it's hip hop. So that's mm-hmm. also an important piece there as well. That's, right. that, that's, that's part of the process. So then at that point in time, I work with Dr. Ben and Russell, Hip Hop Summits. We're doing is it, it's crazy. There's also a group called Hip Hop Political, Political uh, uh, Action Committee, um, which is going on, to Bakari, Kitwana and many others who are doing that work. DVD mm-hmm. and many, many others. So that was happening as well. Um, so two thousand four was just a, a hotbed of just the beginnings of hip hop political work. So then at that time, Jay uh, Diddy sort of his organization was Citizen change, change. right. And then he came and was like, he wanted to expand it. So then that's when I worked with him on the campaign vote to die. Right. And then from there, you had the campaign with Jay Z, and Jay Z did voice your choice another commercial for artists. But I, what I just told you there is that artists follow other artists. Mm-hmm. So what's there is that when Queen Latifah did what she was doing, mm-hmm. that then spurs partly Russell gets into his, into his politics. Right. When Russell does what he's doing, then Diddy wants to get involved with what he wants to get into. Right. When Diddy's doing what he's doing, then Jay-Z gets involved with mm-hmm. what he's doing. And so I say this, a lot of times younger artists are watching other artists, particularly older artists, and they're saying, they're not watching so much, you know, your bag or your lyrics, they're watching your politics. Mm. Mm. And when your politics mm-hmm. are strong, and when the movement is strong with that politics, mm-hmm. it has a huge, immense impact. And so yeah. I just wanted to just make sure that was that was clear in that process. And so that was the beginning, yeah, of that time from 2003 2004. And so we were all working, yeah, hip hop po- po- political, uh, convention, Zulu Nation was there. Uh, shout out to Jul- Zulu Nation. Uh, shout out to obviously the Hip Hop Summer Action Network, mm. Citizen Change with Diddy, What's Your Choice with Jay-Z. Yeah. All this is going on, and I'm in all of them. And then at the end of 2004, it's clear that, that is, they're gonna end. Okay. And now we wanna figure out, when well, then we need an institution. Right. Mm. It's like we, we're doing all this work and and people are, you know, we're selling T-shirts and we're doing stuff, but then how do we institutionalize what we're doing around this? And like, we're going to create a hip hop caucus, yeah, and it was, and all of them are going to come together. And it was crazy because, um, you know, when we were creating the name, we were we were debating if we were even going to use the name hip hop in our all name, right. which is crazy. Mm. Because people were saying that that would be offensive to some people, and in that moment it was like, nah, that's that's gonna bring solidarity, right? Mm-hmm. And people who hear that are gonna rock with it, mm-hmm. and so that was the first thing. And then the second part of the name, we were like, well, we're gonna take a name that's gonna be close to uh, the Congressional Black Caucus. Mm-hmm. We we looked up to that Congressional Black Caucus, yeah. and name was Caucus. So we said, there you go. Yeah. So Hip Hop Caucus. Yeah. Brilliant! Can't get a better. That's the best name in the world. It is. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's genius. It's, you know, it's it's like it's just perfect. Right. This is the thing, though. So then we 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 went to the Congressional Black Caucus. We were excited, we're like we're gonna do this hip hop caucus, and we're gonna do the we, we want to do the first one at the Congressional Black Caucus. So folks who don't know, Congressional Black Caucus has an annual, legislative conference every single year, and so it's it's like it before the pandemic and now after the pandemic, they have it downtown D.C. And so we were going to do it there. And they was like, no. We don't want hip-hop to be a part of this process. Y'all too violent. Y'all... Violent. violent. Hip-hop. Yeah, no. And they
1: working for the United States government.
0: No, they told... Okay. And and, and we was basically also their... We were their children. Right. Right. And they was like, no, y'all too violent. Y'all are too... Y'all... Your your lyrics, uh, this and that, like we're like no, but we just registered thousands of people. We did right. the of right. Die campaign. We were out there with Jay Z doing voice right. of choice. We did all these summits around the country.
2: How many people did y'all register at the uh, at the at the voter doc
0: campaign? The first, like the first, a lot, a lot of, them. a lot, <laughs> a lot. We was actually it was a combination. Of all that. it was a lot. It mm. was just and then, and we have we had lessons learned there. Yeah. I mean, we we wasn't again we wasn't. Doing this with no kind of polling, or mm-hmm. to, we wasn't right. going. We were just going where our people were, which mm-hmm. is still part of what we do today. Right. With the caucus, we go where people are. Right. But uh, yeah, it was a lot, and and I mean, and then folks was then was taking our work. They was like, yeah. you know, we mm-hmm. was voting. and They was like taking. Cause we didn't. We didn't know. We were like they. They were like, can, can we have your your voter wrench cards? Like, yeah. well, sure. Here you go. Take take it. But the, the thing is that when all that happened with the CBC, the Black Caucus, we were excited. Mm-hmm. It was September. We were going to do it there. This new organization was going to mold all these groups together from the hip hop uh, uh, summit. Hip hop voices was actually part of the labor unions. the mm-hmm. Hip hop, I mean, all the, we was like perfect, mm-hmm. and they said no. Mm-hmm.
1: They wanted that respectability politics. They wanted that
0: respectability politics yeah. all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It was and it was like it was it was no room in the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And and then, but it was a blood and it, and it was crazy. We was we was crushed. Was about that. Then we had to find a new spot. Mm. And we found a spot down the street mm. at Howard University. The real H-U, once the again. The real <laughs> H-U, you know. <laughs> and then on September 11th, mm. of 2004, we went down there to Howard, down to Crampton Auditorium, and we did it. And we didn't know, with short notes, we didn't know who was going to show up, mm-hmm. who was going to buy into it. And 900-plus uh, people packed into mm. Crampton and at that moment, we knew mm-hmm. that we would be never going to worry about the establishment. Got gotcha. you. And the Hip Hop Caucus was born.
2: Okay, so yeah, I mean, first of all, this story is amazing. And like Thanks. we said at the beginning, like you can't tell the story of the Hip Hop Caucus without telling the story of Rev Yearwood because your DNA, who you are, everything is just so intertwined with this organization. Um, You know, the spirit, the energy, the, you know, the not giving up the you know stand for something fight for your people fight for your folks you know so that's that all exists today you know and so now okay we're at the I guess the birth of the caucus you you, uh, you go down to Howard um you said Crampton auditorium you got like 900 folks uh join uh you know so now you're understanding what this can be so what happens next we're, so we're where are all the folks you know that you I guess you can say you started out with, I, w- I would guess you know from the beginning, um, and so yes, yeah, so just just paint us a picture of what happened from that point.
0: Uh, point yeah, on. It's, from the beginning, it's actually tough. It's actually not an easy road because now we're building an institution, okay. And so it's no longer just campaigns and demonstrations. It's now an institution, and institution building is actually not that easy. Okay. And so you know, one of the things there immediately is that we begin, we move to DC. You're going to do all the little nuts and bolts of the institution. You know, getting your 501c3 together, getting your office stuff together, and you're beginning to, you know, do the work that needs to be done. And we're beginning to create the the organization again. That could be that could be long lasting. Hip hop politics is very critical at this time because you know after the election in two thousand and four. You know, we're also beginning to figure out what our issues are and go to our community. Mm-hmm. And so, when we're when we're doing that and going to our community, you know, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a a process in which at that time, the, I remember the the Genus Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't remember that, but Genus Six was a a, a a situation in Louisiana that was dealing with uh, some young men. Even before that, it was just police brutality. Mm-hmm. It was still, just, I mean, I, I get the dates, but It was around police brutality, Mm. and so people wanted to deal with that, and also people wanted to learn about, which they still we still got to work on, learn about the political process, okay, and learn about policy because what we immediately saw was two things: one was that either you shape policy, or policy shapes you, Mm -hmm. but two, the old as that we learned from the South that either you're at the table or you're on the menu. Mm. Mm. There's no in-between. Mm-hmm. And so we saw that immediately. And then we began to have to organize. And so we were doing that. At that time, it seems crazy. We're working around the Supreme Court. Right. We had a Supreme Justice campaign we are trying to build around John Roberts because he was actually up for uh, his nomination. It seems so long ago back then. Um, and we're trying to educate our community about what the Supreme Court mm. could do. Right. And we would move forward, and we were—I would say honestly—we were stumbling. Okay. A lot of folks, you know, who were doing their own things, you know, they were supportive, but wasn't really given the resources mm-hmm. that need to happen. And so, you know, we was—we it was tight. Money was tight. You know, we was the the the, the easy just doing voter registration. Yeah. Everybody come to where the artists are. That wasn't, you know, it wasn't day-to-day. Right. Um, So all that was happening. And so, to be honest, I think there was a time around 2005, right around the summer, and this is just real, y'all, I think we was maybe getting ready to close up shop. Mm -hmm. I think maybe around June and July, we were thinking that this, this may not work. Right. This is hard. Okay. And it was in that moment we were like, all right, maybe we just gotta go back to being artists and being whoever and that be that you know, let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. And it was then as we begin to get toward then August mm-hmm. when we were out still doing our thing, still trying to pull together people, organizing artists, organizing people, when there's this thing that begins to brew. Um, in the Atlantic, which is now we know as Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And then Hurricane Katrina would cut through actually Miami area mm-hmm. and Florida and cut across Florida into the Gulf. And then it was when it hits New Orleans um, as a category three, um, we're all watching. Mm-hmm. I was in DC, I'm I'm being honest y'all, the caucus was at a point where we were like, well, I don't know if we're going we, 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 to keep going maybe to the end of the year, 2005, right. and then that'll be it. You know We, it were a good, we had a good one-year run at it. And mm-hmm. It's not going to work. When Katrina hits and the government leaves poor people and black people behind to die, mm-hmm. the caucus is born. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's two dates. Mm-hmm. There's almost like the day the caucus was born September 11th of 2004, mm-hmm. and August, and also when the caucus was born, August 29th of 2005,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and in August 29th of 2005, mm-hmm. when we watch, you know, literally, this white supremacy out of control, mm-hmm. and poor people, poor black people in particular, dying before our eyes, left behind in the richest country in the world, it was at that moment that we realized that we had to make a change. Mm. And because of the system that we had in place, because of the voter work in 2004, when people were given those one-way tickets out of New Orleans, we could Mm. activate that, which would then become our leadership committees. And then in those processes that when they would get, people got shipped to Detroit or to Houston or to Chicago or to DC, we could then activate. And that kind of moved the caucus to the forefront. And then we also realized that, no offense, but a lot of the traditional organizations wasn't moving. They Mm. they was like, they was not moving. They was like waiting for somebody to give them the order to move. Mm. And we moved, like our folks is dying left behind. And so I really believe this. The hip hop caucus was born in our DNA. You mentioned the DNA is red, and that's cool. I understand that from a leadership standpoint. But to me, the real DNA of the caucus is born literally in the depths of our ancestors from Hurricane Katrina. It is literally in that moment when this organization, and I think that's why it has been so successful. It was in that moment when the organization decided we would take on any force, even if it was our own country, our own people, other institutions, we would do everything mm. to make sure our people were straight and good. And I think that is the beginning of the hip-hop Caucus and Hurricane Katrina every year since then we we've, mm. we've gone back and been there we never left that but yeah. i think that begins the process and i think that also shapes because activists other folks see us in that moment and see the organization right
1: mm. wow yeah. now nah, that's powerful and that's grounded it's rooted in something to the point that you're making earlier about like the need to be rooted in spirit or to be rooted in the love for your people outside of institutions alone or you know trying to be somebody that you're not but like really showing up for as yourself and for your people um so post Katrina what happened then you know like who were some of the folks that you met that we know some are still around today that helped you continue to build the caucus um what were the issue areas that you started to focus on post Katrina um yeah what happened in the years after
0: so we kept working on folks on the Gulf Coast. we Actually, will mm-hmm. create something called the Gulf Coast Renewal Campaign, which actually will be one of many now award-winning campaigns that we've done. It would get an award from the Natalia Moffitt Human Rights Award, and then it would get that award for what it did in, the, in its fight um, for those surviving in the Gulf Coast. Um, post that, we begin to look at other issues of criminal justice. Um, civil and human rights became one of the pillars we began, to work on, um, we began to work on issues. Obviously, we continued to continue work on issues of voting. When the 2008 election would come around, we would create the Respect My Vote campaign. Um, and mm-hmm. that campaign would then would also be award-winning because particularly around us work around returning citizens mm-hmm. who say returning from jail or from prisons, but we call them returning citizens. And then that work there would get a tremendous bounce, and we would work with artists at that time, Keisha Cole, and Ti would be would be key in that in, in that campaign. It's crazy too, how those artists have also transformed in that aspect. And then from there, many other artists will be involved with that campaign. It, it's the, the 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 Respect My Vote campaign will become the longest, most successful hip hop political voting campaign ever. It has a world record. Mm-hmm. Like literally has a world record. We actually registered to vote in one day. 32,000 people and mm. one day through the split my boy campaign same class, same class. Um, right. so <laughs> so so that is one of the things there um, we then would work on issues of climate justice um, environmental justice because post Katrina we saw when the origin didn't come through through we, well we came through Katrina we didn't come through the environmental movement so we didn't mm-hmm. come through through like the big, quote unquote big greens, as they called big environmental organizations, we didn't come through that, mm-hmm. and so that was an important piece for us as well. Um, we would then work on other issues. Clearly, um, we would be working on women issues, and 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 we would work on issues regarding solidarity with our people in other countries mm-hmm. when they started having issues. Um, so it just continued to grow, yeah. um, and now now we're adding economic justice uh, to the fold. Um, so it's just, it's just been an amazing run. And I mean, I'm telling you, we've won so many, we won awards for this podcast. Yeah. Um, this is an award-winning podcast. We won awards for documentary you put out, um, and from heat wave. I mean, I can go on a list. So, mm-hmm. and I don't say all that, that we've won these awards. like I say that just because people know that we, we're doing good work. Yeah. But as an organization, I think that most important now at 18 years, the hip hop caucus has become the political arm of hip hop. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably one of the most exciting things for me is that when people who are in hip hop want to do something political, their go-to is the hip hop caucus, Um, whatever whatever it may be, if it's, you know, whatever the issue may be, they, they, they try to see if there's some pieces there. And the folks who now have come to the hip hop caucus, um I will just say a couple um like you know Dawn Richard, who was homeless um going through stuff through Katrina but was part of Danny Kane mm-hmm. is now because of that because of what she went through with Katrina, wanted to work for the hip-hop caucus and now as a, as an artist is now doing artist relations um Dream Hampton, who was there way back in the day when we was doing stuff around you know, Rockefeller drug laws and mm-hmm. she was there with with, with Jay-Z. Um, is now doing productions. Um, and, you know, y'all, you know, uh, you, Destiny, and, and Cross, you know, Destiny, you mentioned when we met, but folks, if you're listening, I'm gonna, you know, I know, I'm gonna shout out, you know, Destiny is is 22. So, you know, she was four, you know, when the organization was started. And Cross was an award winning producer for our, our climate album called Heal Our Mother Earth our Home, which we created one of the first climate albums. Um, which didn't, which was hard because people in Hollywood didn't want the al- album, you know, and that so many different things. We've right. just been cutting, it's been pushing and cutting through, regardless. Um, and then people have come over, and then obviously Tomorrow Tolls Olaf was also another producer for this. Is this an amazing activist um, and freedom fighter in her own right. So I just say that so many people have who are now a part of this organization um, because of what was built. Um, way back and I go back to not just to September 11th of 2004 but to you know August 29th of 2005
1: yeah, and shout out Liz, shout out TC, yeah, shout yeah, no, out Doc. no,
0: everybody, wow. Lita, Anthony, uh, uh, Anthony, uh, f- former, I former co-host, I, mean, of the I the need to go show. look at a, a staff listing, now. <laughs> 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 Calvin and Kelsey and Candice right. and Darrell and Brandon and Keisha, Keisha and Brandy Crystal and Brandy, Brandy. Yeah, I shout mean, to push squad, push squad, the whole pressure squad, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. so I, I don't think I forgot, Push it, and P, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, and all and all the artists. I mean, one yeah. of the things too that we we work with, I work with so many artists now, over the past eighteen years, and and they most of the times, I think have wanted to be a part of the process, and we've changed the game. I mean, now artists shout out to Rihanna, who literally gave fifteen million dollars last year, um, you know, to um, primarily environmental groups and other groups, and we and more artists shout out to Jay Z, mm-hmm. who have just seen grow. As far as his activism and what he's doing pl- pl- in his political aspects, shout the Rock Nation, yeah. and to what they're what they're doing in mirroring what Hip Hop Caucus has done. So, sh- so I think that you know, if nothing else, what we've done, we've created something that was a blueprint um, that allows for people to be okay with being political, mm-hmm. and so I think that's the one thing I'm most excited about, yeah. and I'm most excited about that the Caucus now, because it's crazy because it's we're now in a position where people still, it's still like a startup. And mm-hmm. something that I mean that, people still don't so, know the capacity. So, so what's
2: the future look like for the hip hop caucus, for for the movement that you wanna see, right? Yeah. And just for the hip hop caucus That's overall. A,
0: yeah. So we living at a critical time here. Mm-hmm. I mean, a critical time. And I say this a lot, but you know, our parents fought for equality. In the 20th century, we are now fighting for existence Mm. in the 21st century. The difference is, is that our parents, well, they had some horrible situations, particularly with Jim Crow, Mm -hmm. and they had to fight against the Bull Connors of the day. Today's adversary is so much worse than what they've dealt with. I like to say that while our parents had us and they, and we're their children, uh, Jim Crow had children too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the difference though is while our parents had us, Jim Crow children, is, I, I like to call him James Crow Jr. Esquire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the difference though is this. That's what'll be funny. No, the difference <laughs> is this. is real though. Is that they, have strategized for our demise. Mm, mm, mm. The one thing about Jim Crow that we're now finding out like with Jackson and Flint and Baltimore, Jim Crow was so determined particularly to see black people and brown people literally die. They almost put it into their will Mm. that they put things in place they wouldn't even see come to fruition. Right. But it would be that their children's children will see the next generation mm. literally coming and succumbing to the problems. When you're dealing with things like that, yeah. when you're dealing with an entity that is so invested in your your downfall, mm-hmm. you can't play games with that. No. So I think that that's the thing here, the future looks like we have to be serious now. I think a lot of us are still playing some games. Mm. A lot of us still still some about our resumes and our LinkedIn stuff. Mm. Some of us still too concerned about our own little stuff. When when you're dealing with something that's so determined, whatever I mean, that's what racism is. Mm-hmm. It's so determined to this, and and white supremacy. It's so determined to ensure you maintain whatever that is, mm-hmm. you're literally going to and it was great that even some of your The children now who will come from that don't want that. We've had Mm -hmm. folks on the show like Anna Jane Joyner and and folks like that who like, so they're fighting back against that. Right, But they're so determined to see that, that we gotta be different. So I think the caucus as an organization, we as a people had to get real serious Mm -hmm. about how we're doing this work. So the vision is how do we build power? Mm -hmm. What does power look like? And ultimately how do we how do we share power for those coming after us? Mm. And I hope the Hip Hop Caucus is an organization that will be able to be utilized so it can be, that its power can be shared, not only for the now, but for the next generation.
1: Mm. Yeah. And we can see that Hip Hop Caucus has had a huge impact on the culture, I mm. mean, hip hop and politics, yeah. right? So, what do we need? in this moment too I think it's important like that's the vision of the caucus and knowing yes what's power and how to use it and how to share it but also tangibly right what do we need who are the people we need involved do we need to get some of these folks do we need to call somebody up after this um yeah what's what's needed in the moment
0: I mean you know you've heard me say no cash no cost yeah mm-hmm. so I think you know you need resources that's that's important and you got to you got to I think too many times, the one thing is the caucus. The caucus has to continue to take resources and get it from its community. I think that's what we're trying to build now because he who funds you is he who controls you. And so you got to really be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, you can, you know, we know how to, you know, you know, take from Peter to pay Paul, but at some point in time, <laughs> right. you can't keep that going forever. Right, right, right. You got to figure out a way right. to, to be sustainable. Right, on your own, on your own aspect. So, I think that's one. I think the one thing I would say is this: I would say that we, and this, I think, which is happening. I think Destiny and Cross, mm-hmm. but definitely for folks in Destiny's group, which I think are those in their twenties. The group that I see now in their twenties don't want to sit around tables like this, talking about problems when they're in their forties and fifties. Mm. And don't. And mm-hmm. don't. They don't want to sit around and be in a position where they're saying, "We're well, back in you know the day when you were with Bill Clinton," mm-hmm. or back when you the day when you were doing this mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety-three or two thousand and three or right or twenty thirteen. Right. And you still, were, and now in twenty twenty three, you still talk about the same situation mm-hmm. as though mm-hmm. it's you know. And how many folks are in prison? And how many times? How many food is we got? Or or how many? You know, we, they don't want that. Right. They are willing to throw down and be like, if we are the ones who got to put our bodies against the machine and throw down, and this is our demise. In other words, if we got to be the generation that stops this. So it's over, right. we're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. They are not willing to have a conversation about our oppression for the next 20 years. Amen. And I think Hop Caucus is going to be part of that process. Hop mm-hmm. Caucus wants to be an organization that joins that and says, whatever it takes to end this madness, this suicidal thought, of what it takes to in killing our people, these industries whose business plan means a death sentence spark our communities, all of that madness stops now, mm-hmm. and that means that even this whole system called America, if that ain't if that ain't working, all of that stops too. Our liberation and our freedom is now this moment, this time, this opportunity, and it's all or nothing. And I'm with y'all for that. I'm with the next generation. And y'all hold on to that. Y'all fight to that. I think y'all can break the cycle. Because the only thing to this is that if you don't, unfortunately, we are dealing with existence. We are dealing with real things that will end us all. So, it's not with nothing. Yeah. Let's as, like, right,
1: as you say this time goes it's, so fast this
0: time
2: <laughs> always goes so fast as you always say right. so to,
1: to wrap it up like <laughs> what are some things coming out of the caucus soon that people can look forward to where can they find the caucus and stay engaged and yeah.
2: hey, how can they hit you up social media and stuff yeah, like that? Well, yeah hit
0: me up on social media uh, everything is rev Yearwood. so that's that's the one thing please hit me up on social media. Um, I think we're doing a lot to the caucus. I think right now we're growing. So I think you can just go to the website, org and see if there's a job there. We got positions available. If you want to just volunteer, if you want to give, you know, we, we, you know, we resources.
1: Donations, donations. donations you, know, <laughs> we, you know,
0: that's also important. Um, and I think the thing I would say is this, is that the one thing that we need and I need um, is is just just your love, you know, I mean I need that from a real freedom fighters. I need us I need us to love one another. I need us to to hold one another. I need us to support one another. I don't care what your origin is or what you're doing. I need us to be mindful of our well-being. I make sure that we're healthy. Um make sure that our our family's good. Our kids are good. I need us to be a a real community. I need us to mirror what we want in this moment. That It ain't just about fighting for freedom and justice, but about fighting for, you know, humanity. And I Mm -hmm. need that. So if you're listening to this, just know that I love you. I love you very much. And I want you to be okay. And um, if nobody told you today that they love you and they respect you, whoever you are, if you are just whoever you are, be you and know that you are made for this moment right now you you weren't you weren't born in the 60s you weren't born in the 40s you were born now this is your time on this planet and so with every second you got use it to make this place a better place and that calls for us tear some things down and so be it (laughs) let the tearing down begin all power to the people and our guest today is <laughs> Rev
2: Lennox-Jerwood. Junior. Junior. And I'm Cross.
1: And I'm Destiny.
2: Your producers of The Coolest Show. Thank y'all. Thank you, Thank Rev. Thank you. Good
1: job. <laughs> Not a handshake, wait. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Thanks All for right. listening.
0: Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit TheCoolestShow.com, where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a nonprofit project. Thank you for listening and all power to repeat. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.